standing up in McKinney. This is According to Callus. This is episode 376. It is the Ides of March. Yes, March the 15th, 2023 on a Wednesday. What are we going to talk about today? Well, let me just tell you, ladies and gentlemen, before we get into that, you can help me help you like, share, and subscribe to the show. If you find this show particularly interesting, entertaining, or just plain informative, and I have uh, got you excited, <laughs> uh, do me a favor. I want you to go on to the show on uh, whatever podcast uh, streaming um app you use wow uh whatever app you're on and comment on the show and subscribe to the show and if you're so inclined please rate it i gotta tell you i'm pretty excited about where we're going with the show i'm pretty excited about some changes that are coming up uh they were a little delayed admittedly i had planned on having some of this stuff figured out before i got to march but now that we're halfway into march boy whew Where did the month go? Where did the year go? Okay, so being that it's the Ides of March, and being that uh, I was at a meeting on Monday, and I got to tell (laughs) you, I am, I'm not sure I want to talk about it. I'm not sure uh, that it's in my best interest to talk about it. I'm going to do my best to not mention names. I'm going to do my best to... Not be super specific. It's not that hard to figure out, okay? But somebody outside of the state, don't know, don't care. So somebody that's in the state but not in Collin County probably doesn't know, doesn't care. Somebody that's outside of my family, <laughs> family, <laughs> my circle of friends or influence, they probably really don't care. But I got to say, uh, you know, I, I spent a little time... <sighs> spent a little time trying to do my part to make a difference in Texas. As you may know, I, I've been called a radical. I've been called seditious, treasonous, uh, right wing. I've also been called an anarchist, uh, hater, um, what, whatever. And, and in fairness, I am the modern picture of all that is wrong in the world today. That's right. I'm a white Christian male, cisgendered, heterosexual father. I mean, clearly I am responsible for all that is wrong in the world today, don't you know? But the reality really sets in. The the knowledge that there are a whole generation of young people getting their heads filled up with things that quite frankly, just aren't so. They're not true. So among those, among those, as I was saying, is what I just explained. The epitome of evil in America today is yours truly on the mic. Well, I'm not even going to defend myself. I'm just going to laugh at it. I'm going to brush it off. It means nothing because it's crazy. But unfortunately, there is a generation of young people out there that believe it. They believe that all that's wrong in America today is quite frankly, a bunch of white people. And it's ludicrous. And if you don't believe me, 
look at the young young people, right? The the kids in high school, kids in middle school, they're not even sure what gender they are. They're ashamed of who they are. Now, I remember this phenomena, if you will, when I was a child in the 80s, apparently because certain dolls weren't made in certain colors, that little girls that couldn't get a doll in the similar shade of their skin tone felt like they weren't worthy. Well, okay, whether or not you agree with that, that was, I guess, a legitimate concern in some circles. Uh, certainly Mattel figured out that they could make more money if they did that, you know, changed up the skin tones. I mean, okay, great. I I don't know that it had that kind of impact on young people. Maybe it did. I mean, all I, all I knew was uh, there was the little green army guys. And then there was the GI Joe cartoon slash uh, characters. And they had, uh, they had a rainbow of people. But they only had two genders, but be that as it may. So we've got a generation or two of young people. They don't know who they are or what they are. And quite frankly, kids that are a little bit younger than my daughters feel ashamed of who they are. They feel like somehow it's their fault. And how did that happen? How did we get here? Well, For one thing, conservatives, Christians, they abandoned the government schools. They didn't pay any attention to what was going on there. Now, the conservatives would argue, well, we were going to work and we trusted that the, you know, we lived in a good school district and they were going to do the right thing. And the Christians, well, you know, we didn't want to get involved in politics. We might get our hands dirty. Uh, Or, well, you know, we're not supposed to be worried about those things. We took them to Sunday school. Or, well, you know, God's going to save us all in the end, so it really doesn't matter. Or, well, you know, uh, the pastor said that we should really stay out of politics and he preaches uh, pietism. Well, yeah, how's that working out for us? Hmm? The so-called red state in the red county in the red state. Really? Really? Now, look, I realize that I am probably at least one, if not two standard deviations out of the Republican norm, right? Uh, In a different world, uh, under a couple of different circumstances, I might be a libertarian. But for two specific reasons, I am not. And those two reasons are things that even the libertarians can't sort out amongst themselves. And that's okay, but I am a liberty advocate. But I also believe culture matters. I also believe that community matters. I also believe that nations and states should be cohesive in order to succeed and be successful long-term. Now, I realize that some of you out there are putting together pieces of this puzzle And coming to some conclusions that could be unsavory. But you'll note that at no time, shape, or form did I ascribe anything beyond that. And there's a specific reason for that. Because I believe culture can be imbued on generations. I believe that a community can be built amongst people that came from different places or even different times, if you will, we'll get those scare quotes up there. And I also believe that community can bridge and meld cultures. 
Now, is it perfect? No. Is it instantaneously done? No, absolutely not. But if you ignore your neighbor, if you ignore people that are similar to you because they're not exactly like you, where are you going to be? What are you going to get done? So whenever I walk into a room, I almost always assume that I'm the only one in there that thinks the way I do. Now, I am always pleasant. I'm always friendly. I'm always gracious. Now, you'll note these are generalizations, even though I'm saying always. There are times specifically that I am not gracious and not friendly. And there's usually a very good reason for that. But in general circumstances, in general times, I always present that way because I want to be fair and kind to everybody. I don't hate anybody. I certainly can't hate somebody that I don't know. There are a few people that I would not be sad if a meteor came out of the sky and crushed them into oblivion. Oblivion. Yes. I would not lose sleep over it. But on the flip side, I'm not going to pray for it and I'm not going to wish for it. Because generally, those people have no bearing in my life and my day-to-day basis, and they're not worth the time that it would think, or I'm sorry, they're not worth the time it would take to even think about it. I only bring it up as an aside here, you understand. And, and just for clarification purposes, actually, the people that I wouldn't lose sleep over getting hit by a meteorite, I've never actually met any of them. So, Yeah. Now you can draw a safe conclusion. It's nobody I actually know. So that being said, when you abandon the schools, when you abandon your community, you should not be surprised when the children or a generation or that community surrounding you wants nothing to do with you. You shouldn't be surprised when they uh, have no idea what you think and what you believe, but they are willing to believe the lies and the stories made up about you as a community, you as a person. Now, I've heard one of the critiques on uh, individualism, that if you are too individualistic, you can't work well with others and you can't build things as a community and you can't accomplish the great things that you otherwise would be able to accomplish. And you certainly can't protect your community because you're too individualistic. Well, yes, I, I, I agree in part But if you're not individualistic and you're not looking out for your family first and you're not looking out for your community after your family, are you collectivist? Do you think collectivism is better? Do you think you should be completely subservient to some overlord? Mm, Yeah, no, that's not the answer either. And the corollary to that is, should you bend your will to the mob? Should you give up your principles and the things you hold dear because you're outvoted? Should you concede a loss that you need not concede? I think the answer is no. If there was ever a lesson learned in my life, it's you don't pick fights that you have no chance of winning. Sometimes I need a refresher course. 2019 was that. But sometimes when you do things on principle, knowing what the likely consequences are, but you're willing to accept that, 
it's a worthwhile endeavor. Sometimes it's not something you want to repeat often. It's not something you want to do all the time. It's just something you need to understand that you have to make a willing sacrifice sometimes to preserve your principles. I've done that. I know I speak from experience and the heart. Sometimes you have to make that hard decision. You have to sacrifice to preserve a principle that's important to you. I get it. But that also means from time to time, people that you would normally agree with, people that uh, you're on the team with, they go off the rails and they let emotion drive them. They let um, their angst, their desires, their, their need to prove something drive them and things get away from them and, and they make bad decisions. And even though in the past, and honestly, I was willing to do it again, if given the opportunity, there has to be the guy that stands athwart this train, holds the hands up and says, stop. I didn't do that. There's a specific reason for that. Sometimes it's not worth getting rolled over. Sometimes it's not worth stepping in front of the raging elephant. Sometimes it's not worth getting run over by the steam train. Sometimes it's not worth being dragged behind the Bronco. I mean, draw your own analogy here. Sometimes your principles are worth more intact than sacrificing yourself. So I got to say, I've been more than willing to take one for the team multiple times. And it doesn't matter what the team is, whether it's the team at work, the team in the family, the team in the community, the team on the party, the the, the team in the church. I'm, we, I'm willing often to take one for the team because my principles are worth taking one for. But you have to learn lessons, right? You, you have to improve. You have to modify your actions. You got to modify what your reactions are. You've got to learn that sometimes the best action is no action. Sometimes stepping out of the way (laughs) is a solution. So as I watch these events unfold, I watched one group's work tossed aside by somebody that actually worked on that very thing. And and at the time, it was definitely a Whiskey Tango Hotel situation, right? But now, in reflection, the only words that I can describe it at this point is et tu brute. (laughs) Yeah, you too? I mean, I understand what was at stake here. I think I understand it better than the majority that were present. 
I see and I'm aware of the bigger picture. And it's not because I'm smarter than them. It's not because I'm wiser than them. It's not because of any specific thing. It basically has to deal with the fact that I was not emotionally attached in any way, shape, or form. And I was able to step back and look at it objectively and come to the conclusion that option A, while it may make people feel better, is going to (laughs) yield uh, results that will make people very, very sad. Option B, well, at the moment, makes people a little less happy, is going to likely yield much better results. So yeah, it's a little bit of a gamble. It's a little bit of a, uh, let's call it an educated decision. And is it educated? No, it's more of an objective decision. And look, I got to be honest, there are people that I know, like, and respect on both sides of this issue. I had a conversation with several people that don't agree with me on this issue. I still like them. I still consider them allies, friends, whatever you want to call it. I believe they're wrong. And sadly, the consequence is going to play out. And I'm going to try real hard to not be the guy that comes and says something along the lines, see, I told you so. I I don't want to be that guy, but sometimes when they're your friends, when they're your allies, when they're your compadres, you have to be willing to bust their chops. You have to be willing to put them in their place because you love them, platonically, of course. And you, you want what's best overall. You want to do what's best. You want to preserve that which is unique about Texas. You want to do what's best for your community. You want to protect your liberty. You want to work to improve your children and the next generation. And you can't do that when you make emotional decisions. And I can tell you that's a hard lesson. I'm sure I made many emotional lessons or or emotional decisions as a parent. (laughs) I'm sure that I screwed up plenty of times. And when it's your child, it's really hard to not be emotional. It's really hard not to make snap decisions, but we have to as certainly as grandparents, the Lord willing, or as participants and other things where they're not your kids. That's every opportunity for you to utilize your learning, your education, your experience from your own children and your own mistakes to do better. And quite frankly, prevent other people from making foolish mistakes. Now, when you're dealing with a mob, even when it's your mob, and you like your mob, they get upset. They want to make a decision. They want to make a choice. And they're not going to listen to reason. They're not going to listen to that. And and right now, (laughs) I keep hearing John Cornyn in the back of my head. (laughs) I'm using the mob as as the form of the mentality that had coalesced. People have made their decision And they weren't willing to listen to reason. They weren't willing to consider the logic behind it. They weren't willing to consider any other outcome. 
the only way I can describe it is mob mentality. I mean, we saw a similar thing play out in the last three years, right? Wear a mask, don't wear a mask. Take a shot, don't take a shot. Stay in the house, don't stay in the house. And everybody picked sides and got mad at the other side. And when I say everybody, just the vast majority, okay? So I expect that uh, (laughs) if certain people hear this, they won't be real happy with me right now. But you know what? That's okay because we're adults. We're having a discussion. I left all the names out. I was as nonspecific as I could because the situation, the situation is going to come back again. The, the scenario could play out in any other circumstance, not just where I was at on Monday. Understandably, the hands are tied, right? We must respect the will of the majority. And to be clear, it wasn't even close, but we have to respect that. Let me remind you all, ladies and gentlemen, that I have particular opinions on a good number of subjects that I willingly set aside when I went to the Republican convention over the summer of 2022. I supported what my Senate district wanted. Whether, well, let me phrase that. You know, that's true. I I did support what they wanted. Didn't even necessarily require that I was 100% behind it. My job was to represent my Senate district. And I did that to the best of my ability. Up until that point, I did everything I could to convince my Senate district that these are the right things to do. These are the right issues. This is the right stance. This is this. But when they made their decision, when they, when they made a outcome known, and in most cases it wasn't even close, it became my job to carry that form. I was their representative and I went and did that. Likewise, a similar scenario played out and a similar decision was made. And though, (laughs) though I have, hmm, I'm going to be polite here. Reservations on the efficacy of the implementation of their idea. It is not my responsibility to prevent it from happening. It's in fact, it is my responsibility to support it and do my best to assist. Now I've been quite honest with you all. Uh, on a a bunch of things that (laughs) maybe don't need to be brought up in a podcast, but I got to tell you, I have a vested interest in McKinney. I have a vested interest in the school district. I have a vested interest in Collin County, and I certainly have a vested interest in Texas, notwithstanding that I want Texas independence. But if I'm willing to sacrifice and do these things and set aside personal wants and desires for the greater good. Is it a bad expectation out of me that somebody else might do the same thing? Is it unfair of me to say, well, you know, I put this aside or I gave this up. I need you to do the same, or I need you to be willing to consider this. And I'm not even asking you to change your mind. I just want you to hear me out. 
And, and in fairness, the people that I spoke to did hear me out. I heard them out. We agreed to disagree. And for what it's worth, they all won. <laughs> it, and I said, it wasn't even close. I am very concerned that we've made a mistake. And part of the reason why I thought I should talk about this is because I want to go re- on record on the Ides of March, basically saying that I watched a mistake unfold. I'm not going to get into the details. It's largely irrelevant. But at some point, three months, six months from now, I will talk about it at length because what's done is done. And at that point, I am certain that the outcome will be known. Maybe it'd take a year. I don't know. But we have to do better. We, we have to come up with a plan to overcome what has been going on for decades. We can't fix things overnight. We can't pretend that we can think so fix things overnight. We have to have a progressive plan to implement liberty education. We have to have a plan that can be implemented to prevent further degradation of our community. We have to have a plan to protect Texas. And while I'm talking about plans, I talked to a gentleman today that I know and I respect, and uh, I was kind of venting on uh, on a situation that uh, he and I both are aware of. And his response was, well, Stephen, have you prayed about that? Or have you prayed for the individual involved in that? I said, yeah, I think you're, uh, my wife beat you to that. <laughs> and, and he's right. She's right. And the answer is uh, probably not nearly enough. But the reality is we can't fix what where we're at overnight. We can't expect it to be overnight. It's going to require an investment in our children, in our grandchildren. It's going to require an investment in our churches, in our communities. It's going to require that we push our leaders, all of them, including the shepherds, to take a stand and do the right thing. And I I get frustrated because... I'm caught by the idea that I don't want government and God to be on the same team. And by God, I mean the churches, right? I don't want religion and government to be intertwined. I think there's lots of evidence that suggests that things don't end well. That kind of puts me at odds with proponents of Christian nationalism that kind of puts me at odds with the idea that, well, we can just fix it if everybody comes to God. Well, yeah, I, I get it, but whether we like it or not, we're a polytheistic society. We are a multicultural society for better or for worse. That's where we're at. I have zero desire to, 
<laughs> to recreate the Reconquista. I have zero desire to participate in an Inquisition. I have zero desire to redo the Reformation, but I suspect and I'm concerned that they're going to happen with or without me. And and probably not the way they played out in history. Oh, no, no, because the upper hand is clearly with the pagans. The upper hand is clearly with the uh, Baal worshippers. The upper hand is clearly with people that would like to see us all go away. We would be on the receiving end of that. Even if we were to subscribe to the idea of Christian nationalism in order to fight back and push back against the tide, the entire world and culture has come against us. In fact, a great number of our leaders and our shepherds, for lack of a better term, have bowed to the siren song. And I really wonder, where is that going to leave us? What, what is that going to cause to happen? And again, I just think to myself, et tu brute? I mean, the very people that are supposed to have our back, the very people that are supposed to be our leaders seem to be not willing to do the job. So on this Ides of March, I leave you this sobering idea that while we're not offing Caesar for being an ambitious man, we're cutting our own throats to prove a point. We are setting aside the crossroads of history so that we can stay above it. We are not preventing the decay and the destruction of our community because we didn't want to get our hands dirty. Perhaps I should just say what the Lutherans used to say in Germany, sing louder. And to be clear, that was not the confessing church that did that. (sighs) I'm exhausted. I got to tell you, this is mentally taxing to consider all the implications of bad decisions that are happening right here and right now that will only magnify the bad decisions that were made 15, 20 years ago. And I'm trying desperately to figure out how do we reel back and pull back from the cusp of oblivion, the falling over into the black hole and the very people that I trusted and counted on to work, to bring about proper solutions and a positive future don't seem to be up to the task. And the the mob mentality has gripped the very people that were I were counting on that were on the team with me that were going to hold back the tide because they were gripped by emotion. Well, I'm going to close my mouth, put my tongue behind my teeth and try and tame the beast, if you will. And with that, <laughs> I will see you on the other side.